Hey everyone, I'm Tangia Renee, your host, and I'm tickled silly to bring you season two of That's What She Did, a podcast about women leaders, innovators, and rebels you've probably never heard of. I'm bringing you stories about remarkable warrior women, rabble rousers, fearless truth tellers, empire builders, and so much more. This season, shaking things up a bit and bringing you a new co-host for each episode. That means each week you get to hear directly from a woman of impact and learn all about her badassery that she's creating in the world while we gab about current events or whatever's on our minds. And of course, we'll be highlighting the stories of incredible women from all over the world that will inspire you on your journey. You don't want to miss this because when you bring together lady bosses to talk about other lady bosses and maybe throw in a drink or two, well, anything could happen. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe to That's What She Did, the podcast. Smooches! You're listening to season two, episode five of That's What She Did podcast. Before we get started, I have a couple of shout outs for you. First going out to Volunteers of America, Colorado Chapter, and Patina Grayson. Thanks so much for shouting us out as one of your favorite pods on International Podcast Day via Twitter. The love is definitely appreciated. We so appreciate that you listen to us. You said, thanks for bringing attention to such important issues in Denver, and it is definitely our pleasure. We will keep doing the best that we can to bring you a quality show with issues that are important to hopefully all of us. And thanks again. The love comes right back to you. We also want to welcome India to the listenership of this show. I don't know how you found us, but I love that you're listening. Please keep doing so and give us a shout out on iTunes with a five-star review. It would be much appreciated. Smooches. All right, listeners, I have a treat for you today. So today, as a guest co-host on That's What She Did, we have Annalise Harris. Hey. And I'm so excited to have her here because I met you, Annalise, briefly at like some networking event or something. Yep. And I was like, she's doing something cool, and we should talk about that. Well, I appreciate <laughs> it. Yay. So for those of you that don't know Han- Annalise Harris, you need to know her. She's a high school special education teacher. Um, moving on to bigger and brighter things and doing cool stuff in the world from Illinois Mm -hmm. uh, with a degree in sociology and communications from Crichton University who moved to Denver in 2011. Welcome to Denver. Lord, I'm still here. (laughs) It's like 2018. I'm like, man, Lord, where am I going? Seven is a good number though. So, well, you know, wholeness fullness you've made it your home you're doing fun stuff i, I stay fighting that i will always call <laughs> illinois home no matter how corrupt <laughs> how many taxes is, you know yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah right. denver's yeah. been good i'm not gonna lie colorado i miss water that's about the only major difference but what water mm. like what what's wrong with cherry creek reservoir <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to have you go visit Lake Michigan. It's not Lake Michigan. That's what's wrong with it. Yeah, that is exactly. But the mountain view definitely kept me here, you know. So There's a lot of outdoor stuff to do here. Yeah. So something to replace the water activities. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, you can always paddleboard at the reservoir. I have one, like, tubing and stuff, so I definitely <laughs> get in some water. And there's the caves, hot springs, all yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. So I definitely use those as opportunities to, like, recenter and everything. But I just miss the lakeshore, so. Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I am a big fan of Chicago. Chi-town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you came to Denver as a member of City Year. Yeah. And did a year of service yes. in Denver Public Schools. Yes. I was actually at North High School, and okay. it was when they were taken over um, by um, Valdez. And she actually did a great job. I see her in the community now. Mm-hmm. I, I she had, like, disappeared and come back. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're back. And she remembered me. It's really been cool to see people who I started out with, like, seven years ago actually remember me. So, mm-hmm. um even the kids some kids recognize me i'm like they're grown now (laughs) they were in high school and um i'm like fresh out of college (laughs) but you know it was pretty cool to just see the kids grow and everything and now seven years later some of them had kids been married Mm -hmm. traveling done college so it's been a that's crazy to say like they're grown now (laughs) i know because i barely feel grown i'm like (laughs) i'm with you i don't adulting no i don't feel like a whole adult yet (laughs) Mm -mm. you know i've been doing 30 under 30 hey and you know what i can this is my first podcast so really welcome totally check mark that (laughs) i didn't even know that was a goal now it is hey (laughs) so thank you you're welcome (laughs) yeah adulting is hard and I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how people did anything before auto pay. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder people were broke and like had bad credit because you you really have to make time, you know, signing checks. And I'm like, oh yeah, online, you know, mortgage paid, all my bills online. Heck yeah, I don't do anything in paper. Nope. I think I was. It was like a month ago. I'm on this team and like you have to pay your fee to be on the team yep. and they were like can you bring a check and I was like who I don't even have a checkbook <laughs> like I don't even know where to get a check like I'm supposed to call the bank and ask them for a check and it <laughs> costs actually if you have to get a check like they if they print them off for you at the bank I mean I don't know why I know this but <laughs> probably had an obscure reason to get a check like you know for housing I think that was why yeah. the you know get avoided check and they charge I'm like a two dollars for three checks Oh, no, no. Cash no. at me. <laughs> yeah. It's so unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you came for city year, started, did your year service, became mm-hmm. a teacher. What did you teach in? Well, I ended up, you know, I was like, I'm really not sure what to do. I was highly qualified in language arts and drama. <laughs> no. <laughs> and um, I ended up looking into special education and I just did a lot of reflection and was like, you know, I was in gifted, talented classes when I was younger, mm-hmm. so it's on the same spectrum. So sure. I was like, you know what? Those kids deserve the same environment I got when I was in education, and it really served me well for the most part as far as like being fulfilled mm-hmm. and really reaching kids who really needed support and a voice because I'm pretty boisterous, vociferous. So. <laughs> Gregarious. Those are words that you don't hear very often these days. Yeah, Gregarious. I like that one. You know, I'm okay with it now. I used to be like, I'm not, but I am. <laughs> I'm Own talkative. it. Yeah. Own it. <laughs> it's a positive. So you always taught in special education once you became a teacher. Yes. Once I was um, finishing my alternative licensure, mm-hmm. um, I ended up getting my master's as well. So it was like a couple grand more. Might as well get a master's, you know, spend the same amount of time and be an expert so um, I just stuck with special education and then along the way was able to teach 
a few different kind of classes. Uh-huh. I was able to make like a girls group. They needed a lot of electives. A lot of the schools I worked at um, were startups and um, were in their se- first or second year uh-huh. and they needed teachers who were really flexible. And so, yeah, I had to be pretty flexible and my capstone turned into my elective class for the school. and. From there, actually, um, things continue to just keep aligning. So it's uh, been a really interesting segue into what I'm doing now with mm-hmm. um, my nonprofit. So. Which is Curls on the Block. Curls on the Block, hey. I love the name. <laughs> Thank you. So tell us about Curls on the Block. You know what? People ask, well, what's the inspiration? Did you come up with that? Um, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> all my friends, you know, they know to come for, to me for taglines and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I'm pretty fun on, and on my feet. Like the first thing I think of is usually what we go with. <laughs> Even if we went around, you know, a couple times, we go with what I suggested. But um, Curls on the Block came from uh, LL Cool J, Round the Way Chick, yeah. you know, Round the Way Girl. And then um, uh, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, Jen- from, from the, the block. block you know so <laughs> i identify as an afro-latina and me too hey, hey, hey. uh are you boricua no where are you from what's your oh people? i'm from denver i'm black and latina oh okay but hey. not boricua hey. so. well that's all right hey <laughs> i get that question a lot <laughs> it's all inclusive we're all there latinx we we yep. you know, pride <laughs> well um you know so for me i i wanted to make sure there was a space for me that I well a space that I would have benefited from when I was younger mm-hmm. which didn't quite exist um a lot of people think I'm like mixed with white anyways so I'm mm-hmm. like um excuse me er. <laughs> it's a whole another culture but um different islands mm-hmm. you know so uh Crows on the Block came from this desire for sure to create space for girls and from my experiences teaching and just especially special education man a lot of the students I was really impacted by and able to work with uh, to see a lot of improvement or who just needed a voice and advocate were identified as social emotional um, Mm -hmm. or emotional disabilities so they really could go from hey miss harris and i hate you and then running around with scissors so uh, throwing (laughs) chairs and stuff like that so they needed i'll just say (laughs) y'all teaching is hard yes any 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 subject is hard to teach and then special education is just like this line on top where it's like really challenging because you're asking every teacher every parent every administrator to really change their mindset to open up space for kids who are not fitting Mm -hmm. the mold or you know what they have created at the school like if whether or not the school was based on athletics hey they take gym and brain breaks every class some kids that's still not enough yeah (laughs) some kids need to eat in the middle of the day they Mm -hmm. need sugar they need a venting some of these kids need a a place to punch stuff Mm -hmm. and not folks so we (laughs) oh you know you really have to um learn how to navigate the system and and advocate for kids who really just are exploding left and right so i worked Mm -hmm. with boys girls i had kids who were in wheelchairs who were typing with pencils and I had kids who were really, uh, who were, you know, throwing chairs and threatening to throw laptops at me. And um, that only happened like once. And that was like my last, that was like, oh, I gotta go. (laughs) No, I still taught for a few more years, but I just asked for a smaller caseload. Um, But yeah, and one of the things I noticed with some of the girls in particular um, with the social emotional disabilities, they really struggled with self-esteem. And Mm -hmm. it was, 
hard for other people to see it, I think. Uh, teachers often, oh, she's combative or, oh, she is just sassy and she just doesn't want to listen. And um, there's a book called The Push Out that I really, really appreciate uh, really digging into the young black girls experience now in, in education and um, girls wearing bandanas and hoodies, wearing their hair a certain way. They, the bandanas and hoodies were getting them in trouble at this mm-hmm. one particular school. I mean, oh, this girl it just escalated. I'm like, why are you? Okay, I know you want 100%. Okay, is- <laughs> so like, explain for our listeners that don't know. So first of all, everybody that listens does not have curly hair like us. So we understand. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> automatically, <laughs> like why you would be wearing a hoodie or mm-hmm. something on your hair. Right. <laughs> and, you know. Everybody just doesn't know. So why is that an issue? So first of all, everybody knows what a bad hair day is. So we know you don't really want to be highlighted on those days. And I know with young girls uh, with curly hair and uh, young girls of color um, in the system, uh, one of the things we do is wear a bandana Mm -hmm. to like, hey, cover those edges Mm -hmm. (laughs) or um, just cover the hair that isn't finished. Like a lot of girls get their hair done with extra hair with uh braids or um, extensions weaves and stuff like that and it may not have been finished and right. after eight hours of sitting in a chair so they will um you know accommodate it by covering it up and mm-hmm. so a lot of times bandanas are against dress code and school policy and that does stem from a history connecting to like gang violence and like gang affiliation however i know this one particular student was wearing a pink bandana i don't know any gangs wearing a pink bandana and if they are i'm not scared of them so <laughs> um it you know and imagine you're a student you already have an, a, a disability so you already have been identified struggling with just day-to-day interactions you're wearing a bandana because your hair's not done mm-hmm. and then your teacher is like bugging you saying hey i you know it's against school policy doing and honestly the, what i watched and witnessed were really strong teacher techniques however just like why why mm-hmm. are you bugging a kid about the bandana and um the student ended up getting suspended because she just exploded because mm-hmm. she was refusing she also had a hoodie so it once she took off the bandana she put the hoodie on and i was like oh my gosh can you like girl you know you know and here I come as a special education teacher I'm here trying to work with kids who can't read then I got to work with kids who blowing up with their teacher really bugging them about wearing a hoodie in the class so um that was a really impactful experience for me because I'm like man I just am grateful I don't have to deal with that I don't have Mm -hmm. to I didn't have to go through education really impacted by um, a disability and then definitely my bad hair days weren't amplified when my teacher asked me to take some off you know Um, so I I created a space with the school to you know offer the 30 black girls that were there or curly girls really um, a chance to just talk and vent about their experiences and I'm actually visualizing it now I remember it was such a powerful experience 30 of us in a circle we wrote down on a card talking about what are three reasons you love your hair and what's one frustration because I'm I mean the reality is we want everybody to love themselves but we also have to have space to vent like Mm -hmm. I'm breaking combs with (laughs) my hair or um, I get teased Mm -hmm. and I remember when I was in sixth grade I shared with this group and I share it all the time now oh 
this uh, yearbook photo, I, I had the worst hair day ever and nobody told me. <laughs> so <laughs> I pulled from all my personal experiences and created this space where girls were able to bond over their um, frustrations and their love for their hair, right? Because at the same time, there's a frustration of not knowing how to manage or maintain or keep it healthy and you're really not in control so your mama's buying all your stuff yeah um <laughs> or not <laughs> and then um being happy that you know what i'm different in this group or mm -hmm. in this community and learning how to balance all that so girls on the block started with just this one group after school and now it is um it, i created a curriculum where it's going over embracing different sessions are connecting to ourselves understanding why we have this contention with our hair mm -hmm. it is intentional like this wasn't just out of nowhere that we're frustrated well we're in a society dominated by um, beauty standards of straight hair being the, the right. epitome and what should be um, sought after so obviously if you don't have straight hair you're not going to really know how to navigate um or you're gonna try and emulate it and you might not be happy with the results because yep. uh, they may not look the same. And so we go from embracing, then we move to exploring. So the exploration is learning um, other women of color and curls who have made it. <laughs> yep. So right now we have internet and Instagram, social media can able to connect people who before we never would have seen. And so we're exploring. At the same time, we're exploring those uh, representatives of curly hair we're looking into women uh, who are in STEM and STEAM career fields. So mm -hmm. science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And, you know, right now that's a huge area because um, right now we have, what, in like the next five to 10 years, there's going to be over a million jobs in STEM. Mm -hmm. And women are on track to fill less than 20%. And that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yes. A million jobs and it's going to be less, fewer than 20% filled by women. Um, and then obviously, you know, women of color and, and then curls, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I decided, you know what, we're doing all this exploration and we're, we're making our own hair gel and stuff like that. Why not be explicit about, hey, you're connected to steam mm -hmm. you know you are a scientist when you you are figuring out what a concoction works <laughs> yeah. for your hair maintenance and and actually you're a scientist when you're actually paying attention mm -hmm. look at the ingredients and understanding what different things um, and products can do to your hair both good and bad and take the time to also raise the standard create your own mm -hmm. and so from the curriculum we end with empowering and um, that's an opportunity to just embrace everything you've learned absorb it and figure out how you can encourage another person to be happy with what they have as well. So um, that's where the Miss Curly pageant comes into play. And it's been cool <laughs> kind of seeing it manifest. I'm, I like pageants. I know a lot of people don't. However, you know, you don't want the pageant mom who's really like forcing her daughter. Mm -hmm. But honestly, pageants are an opportunity to really learn who you are. That self-esteem and confidence definitely will show. Um, and there's so many resources and support groups for people in pageants it is to me a great way for the connection to be built and i the miss curly pageant i i adjusted it so it's not just the oh i'm wearing a swimsuit and right. elegant we're all of those things too there's a cultural appreciation a segment 
where the contestants are able to, you know, rock their curls, froze, coils, kinks, whatever, and something that is meaningful to them that represents their culture, whether that's being a girl, mm-hmm. whether that's living in, you know, Denver, Mombello, whatever, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, five points, or it could just be um, being uh, whatever uh, ethnic culture you right. have, you know, ethnicity you identify. So it could be whatever they determine, but it's an outwardly expression of that. And then we have healthy and active lifestyles, which I think is important too, because a lot of our health concerns in the, in particular black community, we, our bodies are impacted. And mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to make sure there was a space that instead of a swimsuit, we're able to show, you know, we are healthy and active in different ways, not right. just showing off our six pack or nine pack mm-hmm. but we we weren't doing karate we're doing um yoga hiking meditation boxing and gymnastics swimming whatever it is and then the last final segment has been really interesting where the contestants have to identify or come up with a product idea or service that addresses a need in the curly hair community and that connects actually to the curriculum so mm-hmm. throughout the whole process they are the the participants are challenged with hey so what would you do if for example we watched the um, black doll test which was used to actually help integrate schools um with <laughs> oh this was the one wasn't this in the 70s mm, 60s in yeah the it was 60s, like it was, yeah it was like and they they mm-hmm. had black dolls and mm-hmm. white and, dolls and, yep, they were, and all yeah, the okay. kids picked for the most part in that study they chose the good pretty best nice dolls were white and Mm -hmm. then the ugly mean bad dolls were black and they've redone the black doll test a number of times and results are very strikingly similar and they've actually added um the test for spanish-speaking community and so Mm. colorism is actually big in the latinx and oh yeah um, spanish-speaking communities and uh you know any colonized country actually yeah. and, and, and culture is going to be dealing with colorism and this hierarchy of uh your status is based really on your cult your the skin color, color. Your skin mm-hmm. yeah oh i know i can tell you some stories. look yeah and no matter <laughs> even though you'll have families with all the colors you know it'll be colors and what i, I have deemed i should trademark this so it's pending We're just okay gonna, it's pending curlerism you know so really the even the type and kink of your curl um pattern and and what's growing naturally at your head has a lot of um stigma in not only the black community mainstream society but also in the latinx community too um we we see it um you'll have a a sibling with real straight hair Mm -hmm. and you have the curly kinky coily ones (laughs) and um so that's why it's important for me to highlight and make sure people know we have to be innovative in our own communities and what we represent because if you wait for somebody else to do it it's not going to happen and it's really like being able to identify hey this is going to work for our community this is our culture this is working for this niche and that's Mm -hmm. okay to have products only for curly girls yeah and I actually had uh, some. It's a need. It is. It is a <laughs> Serve need. Serve the need. <laughs> and anybody, any kid, anyone can participate in Curls on the Block. And I've had some um, kids question, like, well, how come we're only learning, you know, about like black or curly people? And I said, well, it's okay to learn about other cultures. Mm-hmm. It's okay to learn about the struggles and have a perspective that you can't necessarily identify firsthand. Right. It stretches you, right? Mm-hmm. So. I've been able to um, work with kids, um, expanding their own um, 
perspectives and, and ability to learn. So it's been pretty cool uh, for sure. And um, it actually connects to someone who I know um, I personally look up to, which is Angela Davis. So <laughs> Yes, yes. So we're going to talk about her in a second. Yeah. But I have to say I love what you're doing. Um, you know, I'm the only, really the one of the only ones in my entire family with curly hair. No way. Yeah. So you really are like. It girl was a hot mess when I was little. It was, was like nobody knew what to do with it. And they were using the wrong products. Puffy too. It was all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh, no one knew how to comb it. Yeah. And I've had my fair share of haircuts. Here, like, here's a tip, people. (laughs) Yes. Curl tip of the day. Curl tip of the day. If you have a child that has curly hair and you do not have curly hair, it's okay. It's going to be fine. Yes. I just want to say that. Everything's going to be okay. Step one, breathe. (laughs) Breathe. (laughs) But you have to find a hairstylist that honestly understands curly hair. Preferably, they have curly hair themselves. Yes. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to go to some shop some barbershop or some hairstylist and you're going to say do you cut her curly hair and they're going to say yes yes and technically it's not a lie <laughs> i just point that out technically it's not a lie they've been mm-hmm. trained probably to cut all kinds of hair oh, yeah. but curly hair is a specialization mm-hmm. it it takes skill it takes yeah. practice and they don't all know how to do it, baby girl. They no. don't. And you will have your child coming out of there like a looking, a, yes, and it's <laughs> a bad, bad day. and they're going to go to school, and it's going to be a bad day. Yes. <laughs> and just just don't. <laughs> you know what? The, even outside of a stylist, we have so many uh, curly influencers now. Mm-hmm. You know, check out social media. Look up a hashtag curly head yes. or something. You know, um, YouTube has really been a platform I mean, I'm not endorsing any particular platform. Let's just asterisk that. However, you know, being able to connect and see tutorials by curly haired folk who are showing us different hairstyles and how to keep it up. There are so many women of color who don't and who I know black women who Mm -hmm. don't know how to braid like that is a stereotype that is not true everybody does not know how to braid Mm -hmm. and so not only is it important to find a stylist who's willing to do it don't assume that also all black folk know how to do their own hair either curly hair folk don't always know what to do with their hair either and your hair can change so you know you gotta like you said you have to be um, patient you have to breathe Mm -hmm. and be willing to and find someone um, who can work with the hair and and understands it so yeah I got the best flat irons from my girl uh, Rachel she's she's uh white and we clicked immediately <laughs> and she actually has curly hair so that's just a testament yeah. it doesn't have to be the same curl pattern but at least understanding hey um it's don't go yeah. over the hair with the flat iron three four times mm-hmm. you're gonna break it off and mm-hmm. you know curly hair is more inclined to be uh to break off anyway because yes the, the curlage so if you're still trying to figure out your curly hair, don't be ashamed. It took me a long time yeah. because I didn't come from, you know, a family that knew what to do with it. So I was well into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And if you are if you have yourself a little baby that mm-hmm. got curly hair and you don't, don't panic. Use your resources. Yes. <laughs> go to YouTube, go to Instagram. Mm-hmm. You'll learn some stuff and Definitely. find the right person that can help. And that's actually something we're working on out here in Denver. Um, we're getting a lot of transplants and people who mm-hmm. have experience with like stylists they used to have you know down the street a salon and so we're we're having to make sure we highlight these individuals so um it is important to find the stylist but also at the end of the day teaching your kid uh and uh what self-esteem building that confidence because look 
straight hair people, curly hair folk, no hair folk, we are dealing with self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that's what is important, no matter what your hair is like, you know, um, curly hair, even people who know how to deal with it have a bad hair day. Yeah. So. And I think it's fascinating how much hair plays into your identity just as an yeah. individual, especially as a woman. Yes. And it's, yes. it's a big deal. There's like old sayings, oh, it's your um, hair is like your your beauty yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> and i'm like man okay as long as you're saying hair okay but it used to be like long hair even mm -hmm. and so even that is challenged with well my hair sticks up it doesn't go down right. <laughs> so um i just like the one that you know big hair closer to god yeah good point yes, good point I'm okay with that. so you are going to do a quick profile today on Angela Davis. Mm -hmm. Now, listeners, don't freak out. <laughs> like, what we 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 tend to talk about women here that are not famous, and so fair. Angela Davis is famous, but I'm bringing um, some extra facts. Yes, yeah, I didn't know facts, some stuff. Like and that. I was shocked recently to learn how many younger people have never heard of Angela Davis, and I was like what is happening in the world that we are no longer teaching about Angela Davis? What, when did that happen? Yeah. So I do think it's important to tell this story. And if you are all about Angela Davis and you know her, then great. Maybe you might learn a new fact today. And if you don't, then you need to hear the story. You need to. Yeah, definitely. So. I agree. Um, I even named, I had a school where we could name our classroom. So I had Angela Davis one year and then Michaela Angela Davis. And so for me, Angela Davis, yes, she was very prominent in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. I mean, she represented herself in court cases and won during a time where, you know, who, no, I don't think anybody believed she would win right. and get off for um, gun charges of mm -hmm. all things and possession and stuff. Um, so her profile for me is important to continue to share because not only was she prominent in the 70s, but you're right. These kids do not know mm -hmm. who she is. <laughs> and um, the political element of hair it was huge for her, mm -hmm. right? She was profiled, racially profiled by uh, police because she was rocking a natural at the mm -hmm. time, you know. And um, the combed out fro. Right. <laughs> now we say the fro, it could be curly too, but mm -hmm. people were rocking a, a combed out fro. And Angela Davis definitely, in my opinion, should be recognized for her poise, her intelligence, and her consistency in the uh, civil rights movement and also uh, gender studies. Mm -hmm. She did a she made a wrote a lot of books and did a lot of research on definitely the African American community, Black community, the African diaspora, mm -hmm. and also showed connections between class and gender that I think that element is often looked over. So um, she's relevant, obviously, for civil rights movement, which a lot of different movements have replicated um, some yes. of the techniques and mm -hmm. just um, protests, boycotts, to even navigating law and how right. to get things in legislation. And um, and probably not a well-known fact that I don't think many people know. She had two songs written by about her by Rolling Stones and, um, oh, shoot, the Beatles. I just had his name. See, I didn't know that. Exactly. <laughs> and it's know, so really? awesome. Yes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, go to YouTube, look it up. Uh, who was married to Oko? Uh, John. Um, 
John Lennon. Lennon. I'm blanking. I'm sorry. I've been talking a while. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. John Lennon and uh, his wife uh, wrote a song about Angela and about her being in jail and stuff and like free her. And I was like, that I is. I didn't even know. How inspirational. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then the Rolling Stones wrote one. It's like dark sweet angel oh. or sweet dark angel and i'm like man for and for, for during that time white folks to be writing about a black woman mm-hmm. is pretty telling to me you know and just ad- admiring her sacrifice and and um her purpose yeah and i thought that was really cool so i was like yeah i'm gonna bring a cool fact <laughs> because <laughs> I like that. I like yeah that. and you know so go ahead you know find on a playlist and i'm definitely gonna be adding them i would die <laughs> if someone wrote a song about me i would die i would and be like yes people. thank you you recognize <laughs> Famous. I would like demand that it be played every time I walk into a new room. That's an entry. (laughs) Hey, I'm here. Like how the president has band music every time they walk in him into the room, I would be like, that's my Exactly. That's how you announce my arrival. That is it. (laughs) You know, my personal one is probably by Pink. It's gonna be I'm coming out. Like (laughs) that's I'm doing that for my birthday. I told my friends, remind me. I feel everyone should have a theme song. (laughs) We should. You should definitely have a theme song and so um, I really just respect Angela Davis for everything that she stood for and um, represented and spoke out against. Mm-hmm. I think I've learned a lot. She's played it so cool. I'm she was like, cool. Man. And if I could meet her, you know, hopefully somebody can share this. I, she is just someone who I would love to meet. Angela, Miss Davis, if you hear this, girl, call me. Please. And then I'll I'll call Annalise and we'll just like and do I'm, something. And I hear that she comes to Denver. So I'm like, man. When? Seriously, my friend ran into her. I'm like, how do you just like run ran into, into her. Angela Davis? Like, I mean. Oh I would gosh. die. I would die. If uh, I was yes. walking down 16th Street. I was kind of jealous. And saw Angela Davis. I did see another famous Angela on 16th Street once. Angela Bassett? Yes. Oh, I don't know. There's not too many. Like, There's it's, not too it's many. such a strong name. Like, and I was like, that's Angela Bassett. That's pretty dope. Everybody look. Yeah. I totally fangirled. It was ridiculous. I would definitely I embarrassed too, myself. I mean, and she came back with Wakanda. So, I mean, now she's even more relevant. So, yes, Angela Bassett, she can come through too. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, say, uh, waiting to exhale was good. <laughs> Light it up. So, little 90s reference. But, whoops. No worries. Um, so, what, you th- what do you think is the takeaway about Angela Davis in particular that if there's a, a young person listening today, what should they remember about her? Uh, what they should remember is that Angela Davis was able to do research, represent, and speak out against a regime that really, you know, this is United States at the time mm-hmm. and current, <clears throat> but uh, she was speaking out at the time against these uh, policies that were negatively, clearly, negatively impacting and racist towards black folks Mm -hmm. and um i think her ability to intertwine research and just speak and be relatable uh is really important because i I, right now in the age of access to information sometimes it's all not true and then everybody has a platform they can share whatever they want in their opinion i think it's important to know and, and look at angela as um an archetype for how you should be really research-based and being willing to stand up when it's time she was not afraid to back down and she man you couldn't you had to come correct I mean you were not 
I, I mean, words you better came, know your facts. Yeah, she knew them. She knew them, <laughs> and she was able to strategize with the best mm-hmm. of them. And um, and you know what? She was rocking an afro. She was stylish too. Look, she was real stylish. Every really time I was. saw a picture of her, I was like. Wow, she's cool. Yeah, she really is. And I mean, there's so many different things. She was a professor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the information. She's an author, activist, all of those accolades that I believe in, I respect. I know everyone is giving these new new young stars this activist title, and I'm like, okay, well. I know they're reading the book. Some of them are reading the books that mm-hmm. are influential for me, which I appreciate. But I'm like, man, stand up and speak out. Yes, yeah. they've given money, but also we need you speaking out, not just about accepting yourself, but against policies that we know are bad and and, and risking your life. I know that's a heavy, <laughs> heavy uh, task to expect, you know, someone to take on. But that to me is true activism. When you understand that once you have the information and you know you have a voice that should that can be heard, utilizing it and making sure that other people can follow in your footsteps and path as well. You might not see it in your lifetime. However, you know that what you're you're doing right now is going to impact people later. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think. Um, she's done very well um, the books her her t- her to her novel well not novel excuse me her texts are really just amazing and offer a perspective that I think I needed I was reading uh, women which one is this women race in <laughs> class and um, I was like girl I called my friend said hey can you get this book too so we can read it together mm-hmm. just all the information and and actual facts are just to me why she stands out compared to anybody else so um that's a real activist pulling those receipts yes yes she had she was about those receipts yes she had them and you know you just again who gets a song written by them I mean, I the rolling stones no less yeah like, and john lennon that's yes. pretty cool yes i mean you got to be the coolest and, and yes and i think they respected her mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a fluff it was the none no. of the, the two songs are not fluff they're literally talking about she didn't stand she stood for this she didn't Mm -hmm. take this and if other people can see that you know through your work that means you're on the right path you know absolutely i just appreciate her well thank you for sharing about angela davis today and about your work with curls on the block i'm excited for you you're going where are you going to curl con or something what's it called oh man you know i might need a i might need to do that (laughs) there should be a curl con in my opinion we might do a curl con yeah it's actually curl fest so let's let's trade my curl con okay i like that okay but you might see curl con because i got a curly weekend but it might need to be that's what it's going to evolve into then curl con in the uh, west here they just had beauty con so you know yeah why not curl con hey i'm ready but yeah we're going <laughs> to be curl- like essence fest except more fun yeah. <laughs> i don't know if maybe anything i don't know because they kind of <laughs> they're really uh did, doing amazing work with yeah, the essence fest and, and still being relevant but the point is for it, it more <laughs> inclusive essence is probably more geared to women you know and mm-hmm. women of color so curlcon i think might open it up to people who would be hesitant to go to louisiana <laughs> in essence first <laughs> but, <laughs> um but thank you so much for the opportunity to share and um let me talk a little bit about angela davis <laughs> absolutely so annalise where can people connect with you you know what um curls on the block is on all the social media 
Except Tumblr. I don't have time for that. But, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> uh, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I am. I do have a Twitter account. It's not really big out here right now, but, you know, I love adding people. <laughs> they see it, hopefully. They, they little heart it. And then, of course, my website, curlsontheblock.com, um, right now is a totally revamped website and uh, people are definitely actually already reaching out so i'm like nice yes, do it send me an email tell me if you have ideas you want to volunteer you want to partner i have some really cool partnerships coming up with um industry people so i'm cool. really excited to continue on and and really keep girls engaged in steam and am appreciating what they got on their heads Absolutely. Thank you again, Annalise, for coming out. Listeners, make sure you go to curlsontheblock.com and learn more about Curls on the Block and what Annalise is doing. And if you can help in any way, it's a nonprofit. Good. Throw your support. Let a girl know. Mm-hmm. Call me. In the meantime, make sure you share this episode and head over to iTunes and give us a review. Thanks for listening. That's what she did. Okay. Bye. <laughs>